0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alexandro Bernabe is in Glasgow ahead of his move to Celtic. Chris Boyd says Rangers don't need to sell Alfredo Morelos this summer and Aidan McGeady passes a medical with Hibs. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Jim Duffy. Yeah, Andrew, it's a time of uh, speculation and rumour in the summer. Uh, all the fans are always looking to see who their club is going to bring in, how they're going to strengthen, how they're going to perform next season. Uh, you know, so I, again, we'll be looking forward to it and it'll be another fantastic uh, competition. Uh, but there's not that many household names. You know, I think you say there, Aid McGeady is probably, you know, one of the, the more well-known ones. Uh, a lot of the, the, the clubs that have signed players now, um, I think they're complete unknowns and I think that always adds a wee bit of a degree of excitement but uh, a little bit of trepidation as well Well let's hear from you 01419511025 whether it's ins at your club whether it's out outs we want to hear from you so 01419511025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB we'll start with that Alexandro Bernabe story because transfers aren't really a, a secret at the top level anymore are they because pictured on Twitter I think it was a Celtic fan had spotted Alexandro Bernabe at the airport today it was a, a young boy had got a photo with him and before the players are even in the door even if they were unknown a, a week or two ago they're noticed straight away everyone knows who they are they've had a look at them they've looked at the YouTube highlights and there he is he's, he's only been in Glasgow for 20 minutes <laughs> earlier on and someone's already getting a photo with him yeah I'm surprised I've not got them on the, uh, you know, with the plane as well but you know, yeah you're right uh, and I think many years ago uh, Hugh's not here tonight but guys like Hugh uh, would be looking for a scoop they would be looking to get their contacts to let, you know, contact the club find out who might be coming and, and try and be the first person with that story now um, you know, with uh, social media, it's almost impossible um, to keep anything under wraps. Um, you know, invariably, as you said, someone's on the plane, someone's at the airport, and someone picks it up. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, an interesting one. I think that uh, Ange Postecoglou, you know, he seems to want like like to all top managers, top clubs, two players for every position. At the start of last season, he had a few issues with the squad strength. He's been that 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 obviously changed in the, in the second half of the season. He went on to win the title because of the squad strength. I think and the quality. And, and bringing another left back obviously Greg Taylor there um, but uh, yeah that gives them real competition now uh, in that area uh, real competitive competition again another new player that we don't know too much about but by all accounts he's strong he's uh, got great pace technically really good uh, and again was it three and a bit million so yeah, uh, 3.75 you know, it's, it's a significant it's a significant amount of money for Celtic to, to be play, uh, paying for a, for a left back did that position seemed to be one that, that Celtic had to look at mm. because obviously Greg Taylor played there mm. and performed well throughout the season but when he wasn't available Josip Juranovic mm -hmm. was dragged across and, and played there Liam Scales was obviously headed out on loan mm -hmm. to Aberdeen and as you say it was a case of Ange Postacoglu wanting that that two players in every position Yeah I think so I think once um, you know he, you, you look at Liam Scales going away I know he he, he filled in there not a natural left but he filled in there a few times and looked uh, again a, a decent player but he moved on to Aberdeen uh, and I think Juranovic yeah, again I felt you know he, he looked very comfortable on the other side but he's a natural right back Again, real competition with Anthony Ralston there. So yeah, I think it was in there. But but as I said, to pay that amount of money is is a is a lot. Um, uh, you know, uh, and you would you would imagine that uh, you know Greg Taylor will have to perform. Um, you know, very well. I think he did do well last year. I think he suited uh, Ange Postecoglou's style and the way he played and adapted to it. But uh, I think when you as I said when you invest that amount. 
then you would expect him to, and I think the player himself would be expected to get a significant number of games. Yeah, because it is a pretty big outlay, 3.75 million. You then look at around 6 million plus for Cameron Carter-Vickers. Mm-hmm. If Jota comes in, that's another 6.5 million or so mm-hmm. that Celtic have spent. So they're certainly spending the money, but they'll be happy because they, they've got the Champions League money coming in that's a guarantee yeah. for this season. Yeah, and I think as well, because those players, particularly uh, you know Carter Vickers and, and Jota, if, if, if they manage to get that one over the line, they've already been at Celtic. The fans know what they're getting. Um, the manager knows what he's getting. So, you know, there, there's less risk uh, from that aspect of it. So, and I think, uh, you know, the you know if you look at, you know, the market all around Europe, that's still a fraction of what many, many clubs are paying for. I think... Less talented players. I think it's uh, the me Carter Vickers an outstanding signing, and I think if Jota comes, that'd be a great piece of business. That that take of money, uh, with about six and a half million, uh, and, and obviously bringing in the full back as well at, at three three point seven. So yeah, I think that uh, with the Champions League money coming in, um, seems good business for Celtic. And so far, Ange Postecoglou's recruitment has been exceptional. And uh, you know the fans will be be looking for a, maybe one or two more, but they have to then try and move I think at least half a dozen out because I think they'll become very top heavy as a squad I don't think I'm being unfair in saying that Alexandro Bernabe wasn't a household Mm. name Mm. in Scotland a few weeks ago and sometimes football fans Mm. can be sceptical of the unknown but the fact that Ange Postacoglu has gone out to far reaches of the Mm. world and and plucked players from different leagues Mm. and so far on the whole they've been a success that'll give Celtic fans confidence that he's got the eye for a player he knows exactly what he's looking for and there is a good chance based on previous mm-hmm. evidence that, that this guy could work out yeah I think you're absolutely right Andrew you know I think the trust is there 100% with the Celtic fans and the Celtic board that uh, Ange Postecoglou knows what he's doing and therefore yeah yeah, I mean he is he's screwing the worldwide market and, and that's what they've got to do obviously they did sign a homegrown uh, not a homegrown player but a, a, a player that played domestically than Benjamin Segrist there the, the goalkeeper uh, last week as well so you know he's, he's fully aware of the, the players on his doorstep but you know, as I said to you, in this type of market, if you're only looking at, say, down south or maybe in central Europe, then the market is very, very expensive. So, you know, the players that he's brought in, uh, I said, have all done well and they'll be looking to continue that for next season because they will have to, you know, continue to grow and, and improve, I think, particularly in Europe. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. John is a Celtic fan up first in Cope Bridge. John, first of all, is that Alexandro Bernabe signing one you're looking forward to? Uh, yes, yes, Andrew. Good evening, Andrew and Jim. How are you doing? I, as I said, I've seen a bit of the boy on YouTube, but obviously when you see these guys on YouTube, it's all their good bits. But as I said, he looks quite a good player. I've seen bits and pieces of him in other games. Although, as I've said, it's produced a wee bit of hot heads up there with it. His last game getting the, the headbutt and that, but he looks quite a player, so he does. A, I'm, quite, uh, I'm quite impressed with him, and he'll give Greg Taylor. As I said, that was one of the guys I've always backed Greg Taylor. I thought last season he'd come into his own a wee bit, he was an unsung hero, some of the performances he was brilliant. So, but hopefully, he'll push him on the same as I think the goalkeeper, Secret, will push uh, Joe Hart as well. But my point tonight was I'll start with that, John, and I'll let you come back in. That, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about when you've got loads of competitions you're going into the Champions League group stages Ange Postacoglu won't want players to be comfortable in their position he won't want Greg Taylor thinking you know I'm, I'm the only senior centre back in the squad uh, left sorry back. left back mm-hmm. in the squad so you know that position's guaranteed mm-hmm. to be mine he won't want Joe Hart thinking mm-hmm. well you know what I'm, I'm relatively comfortable in goal I'm the number one mm-hmm. I was last season he's now got someone in Benjamin Segrist who's going to push him 
Yeah, as soon as you become comfortable at a top club, you, you know you're on a slippery slope because you know there's always going to be someone, uh, you know, around the corner wanting your jersey, and you have to perform. That's the reason why the top clubs have big squads. That's the reason why they are so successful and so consistent because they know that the the guy changing next to them is every bit as good, uh, and maybe have some different qualities that uh, the manager uh, won't be weakened and won't won't have any doubts at all about putting that player in if your standards drop so it's all about keeping standards at the training high and then in the matches high but you've also got to be able to handle you know as, as John was saying there you know playing for Celtic and the demands that that brings uh, and you know when you come from a different country whether it's Argentina whether it's Japan whether it's a, you know Australia wherever it happens to be Playing for Celtic is fantastic because it's a huge, you know, the, the, the crowd, the stadium, the, you know, the, the, the style of football, everything. But there's also high demands on uh, performance levels. What was the point you wanted to make, John? I, uh, I don't know, Jim, if you, you've seen it. One of the, it was on one of the blogs and, and it was uh, widely reported that apparently David Moyes is interested in young Turnbull. And I think the fee uh, they were talking about was between £9 million and somebody had said Celtic would probably accept £12 million, But... I don't really know if fans would sell this boy because I think before he got injured last season he was pivotal to Celtic, him and Rogic. And I, I don't, I would like to see this boy being kept at Celtic, but to build the team around him, as I say. And obviously the midfield were quite, were quite well off for midfielders, but I think this young boy should be kept. I just wonder what you think, Jim, if you've heard it. Well, no, listen, I think that it's everything else, John. You do hear rumours, of course you do, and uh, David Turnbull's name being mentioned uh, with a couple of clubs down south, not, not just uh, West Ham, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it's, it's a difficult one because um, there is a, a huge amount of players in the midfield, you know, for Celtic. There is real competition for places and David Turnbull had a, obviously he missed out in his initial move to Celtic and then he fought back to, to get that move and he was terrific. Then he got another injury, set him back a little bit, come back towards the end of the season. Didn't he get, you know, maybe his regular amount of games? Obviously, they, they, they had Matt Riley, Rogic, uh, McGregor, Hatati, etc. There were so many other ones in there. Um, and he, he, you know he's really got to this is a big season for him if he's staying at Celtic for me a big season he's got to re-establish himself in some ways but he's young enough he's talented enough uh, there's no doubt about that but if someone does come in with a figure which is you know you know, talk, talking double digits 10 million or so then I think it's something that um, Celtic would have to seriously consider because obviously even as, as much as you say the Champions League money Andrew it does give them um, you know some some flexibility if Ange Postacoglu believes he has the strength in other areas You'd expect Ange Postacoglu would maybe be keen to hold on to the likes of you know O'Reilly, Hattati and mm. Turnbull maybe a bit more than he would have because mm. Tom Rogic has left mm-hmm. this summer and he is down an option than he had last season yeah, and again, as I say, the style he plays, he suits, he suits that way. You know, he became a, a more natural midfield player before that. You know, um, spell he was playing like almost like a number ten, like an advanced uh, midfielder, and you know, he done okay. But I don't think he, I think as as much as he was poor last, he was probably still his best player. But the, I think when he's playing a natural midfielder and he can get himself linking with the play and support the front players, I think that's his better position. So I think he's he's definitely adapted to Ange Postecoglou's style. He's just been unlucky that he said he said that an injury, a, a significant injury, was kept about for a number of months. John, if the Bernabe and Jota deals get over the line, what's next for Celtic? What would you like to see Ange Postecoglou do after that in the transfer market? Well, I was I was quite interested in uh, please last night. Let's talk about this guy Davis again coming. I think I'd be a great sign because as, as Jim probably I've always have been on here, Jim. I'm not a fan of Julian, and obviously as as they talk, spoke about last night, uh, Mark, in that if, if Starfield are. Uh, 
uh, Carter Vickers got injured obviously you've got young Welsh he's still a good player but I would like this guy Davies to come in I've seen a, a lot of him and obviously it knocked us back a couple of years ago obviously for the Champions League when Liverpool come and obviously he went there but I, I would still like to see him because I don't think I know they're, spoke, they're speaking about yeah, Julian said he's, he's willing to work but I don't think Julian's would fit in the style and the under engine to me as I've said before he's not hard enough as a centre half for me you know what I mean yeah, Ben Davis is certainly a player that's interested Celtic before, nearly signed for them in January 2021, ended up going to Liverpool. I'm not sure many people could begrudge him that, the chance mm-hmm. of, of going to yeah. Liverpool. He hasn't played a competitive game for them, yeah. though I think he was on loan at Sheffield United mm-hmm. last season. He's certainly been on Celtic's radar before, they're linked mm-hmm. with him again. But with the, the options Celtic have mm-hmm. at centre-back, it seems to be that Christopher Julian is out of favour. I'm not sure whether he's a player that Ange Postacoglu is, <laughs> yeah, is but, too keen on. But when you look beyond mm-hmm. Carter Vickers and mm-hmm. Starfelt, there's Stephen Welsh, there's not really too many other options there, especially near Beaton is gone mm-hmm. as well and he used to fill in there. Yeah, but I think you've also got to remember that uh, Christopher Julian's, you know, probably handsomely paid at Celtic, so if he's there, you know, and, and you've, you've still got Stephen Welsh, as you mentioned, the, the, the two regular centre-backs in Starfield and Caster Vickers, I mean, there's still a, 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 a decent financial outlay for Celtic, so you bring in someone like Ben Davis is again... To me, I think they would have to you know, get Christopher Julian away then, um, you know, just a clear space and financially. You know, you just can't keep putting player upon player and just layering after layer. Um, you then end up with a, a huge amount of unhappy players at your club and that can disrupt the atmosphere that's within the club. So I'm sure Ann Postacog was more than aware of that. He's created a fantastic atmosphere as it is and I don't think you want any to disrupt that. I'm not saying the player naturally would, but I'm talking about a whole group of players. If you've got a dozen players there who know that there's pretty much no chance of them being involved, that's a lot to try and keep on side. Yeah, because there's Christopher Julian and of course when you come in for a £7 million fee you're going to be on big wages. Albion Ayeti is the same. He came in for £5 million. He's going to be on big wages and he wasn't anywhere near the squad towards the end of the season. Ismail Asoro has been linked with a move away from the club as well. Volleyball and Golly's still on Celtic's books. So yes, they're bringing players in but I'm sure Ange Postacoglu will have highlighted a few players and, and said to the staff, right, okay, can you try and move these guys on? Yeah, he will have done. I say that, that you know, really, he he I think went to the the board of recruitment uh, and said to them, "Listen, these are the guys I want. You know, twenty four players or whatever happens to be. The other guys are not are not for me. You know, try try your best. So that that'll be." taken away from him in tense because he doesn't want to get involved in negotiations the contractual uh, negotiations he wants to just deal with players and the personalities of the players but uh, from Celtic's point of view yeah I think there'll be a, a lot of business to try and move these players out or cut some sort of deal that they can they can get a compromise deal and then move 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 on with their careers elsewhere Well thank you to John 01419511025 if you've got anything on your mind tonight let's hear a bit from Stylian Petrov shall we he's been speaking today he says Celtic signing Jota is a must this summer he thinks the winger adds a different type of excitement to the team they have to they have to he was uh, he was uh, he was important player last season and you know he's he's huge favorite with the, with the, with the fans i believe they'll, they'll get it over the line and he'll be part of that team again because the excitement he brings into the team is different he brings a different uh, side uh, when he plays to celtic uh, uh, view altogether so it seems like they're going to get it over but it seems like he's not he's not he's not done yet yeah we're still in petrov speaking to sky sports today it looks as if the Jota deal is getting ever closer we've been hearing that for a few weeks now it also seems as if he's been on a sort of never ending holiday he's been mm-hmm. pictured here there and everywhere I think this week he was pictured back at Benfica there was a picture of him and some Benfica youth players some people may take that as a as he's saying his goodbyes possibly 
Uh, listen, it's a difficult one this because you know again I'm surprised that there's not more clubs. You know, I mean, maybe they are in the background. We're not aware of it, but I mean, high-profile clubs, particularly English Premiership clubs. You know, European um, top leagues, whether it be Germany or France or Italy, Spain, etc. Um, because he did so well at Celtic, you know, and and, and you know, not, not not just domestically, you know, but he's he's got terrific ability. And when you look at a lot of teams that play four three three. You know, you think he's ideal. He can play in the left. He can play in the right. You know, I mean, he's he's, he's dynamic. Uh, he's exciting, as I say. He's a crowd pleaser. So I'm a bit surprised. But if if, if Celtic are the only, um, you know, um, option he has other than staying uh, in Portugal, then you would have to think that puts Celtic in pole position. And you know, the fact that he, he enjoyed himself, the fact that the the, the, you know, the fans really took uh, taken to him, then that that might help. But you know, I'm still a bit surprised that uh, you know there, there's not there's not another you know half a dozen or so uh, decent level clubs if, if for that making kind of money for six and a half million again. We spoke about Andrew. Yeah, it sounds a lot, but in, in modern day football, it, it, it's an absolute snip. Is he that type of player that really fits that reselling model? Because Celtic have already mm. seen that he can do it for them. He did it mm. last season. You know, as a winger, sometimes your end product is questioned, but mm. got quite a lot of goals, quite a lot of assists. Mm. And for a fee of six point five million, the fact that he's still young, mm-hmm. Celtic will look at that as an opportunity. Yes, he can make an impact now, but they'll think, you know, maybe two, three years mm-hmm. down the line, if he continues that, there may be clubs around Europe oh, yeah. looking at him, and, and they could get more money yeah, than that got, for him. Absolutely, but if you look right across Celtic's front line, whether it was Kyogo, whether it was Giannakis, whether it was Abada, uh, Jota, the amount of goals that they all chipped in, I mean, they're, they're all, you know, chipping in with. Plenty of goals, not not one. Obviously, Kyogo was injured uh, for a significant while. So was Giannakis. But but the you know the amount of goals that they all chipped in and assists and the, you know the the creativity that they, you know they, they have and you know things like that. I think yeah, I think Jota. You're right. He's one of those guys that you know another another year at Celtic in the Champions League. If he does well in the Champions League, that will definitely elevate him to another level. Or but that's the reason why I'm saying I'm surprised you know that. It's almost as if the top teams want a, almost a guarantee that he can play at that level rather than, a, and I'm talking about a mini risk of taking someone with real potential. Uh, and, and I think that's what he's at the moment. But listen, Celtic won't complain. If they can get him and uh, triple their money or something like that on him in, in a year or two's time, then great piece of business. Well, let's hear from you. 01419511025. After the break, we'll hear from Chris Boyd. He's been weighing in on Alfredo Morelos' situation. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Shortly we'll hear a bit from Chris Boyd on Alfredo Morelos' situation. So if you've got any thoughts on that, give us a call on 01419511025. Let's go straight back to the phones, though. Ken is a Celtic fan in Cambus Lang. Ken, what are you thinking tonight? Well, Hi uh, guys, how are you doing? And I hope you're having a good summer as well. Um, I was listening to that caller who he didn't fancy Christopher Julian. But I quite, I quite like Christopher Julian. I mean, in his first season, 28 appearances in the league, four goals, a uh, couple of assists. With Carter Vickers, he's had 33 appearances, four goals, and the same amount of assists. Julian's also got Champions League experience. Okay, not a lot, but he's still got some. I'd prefer to see him beside Carter Vickers and Starfield, to be honest with you. But I'd like to see them also spend focus more on getting Jota signed up than getting this Ben Davis in. And it's nothing to do with Davis having snubbed us before. It's just I think we got prioritised. You know what you get with Julian, he's there. He's got the experience. I do think he has solid at the back. I mean he was missing for most injured for most of that disaster this ten in a row season, you know, but I th- I think he could still do a job and as I said, I'd prefer him as 
get the victors that it starts out. I know Ken's given us the stats mm. there. He's talking about goals. I'm not sure mm. Ange Postacoglu will really be too focused on how many goals. It's certainly a bonus if you've got a mm. centre-back that's scoring goals, but it'll be a, a lot more to do with what they're doing at the other end of the pitch. Yeah, I mean, it is a, you know, it's a, it's a, a definite uh, bonus, as you said, if, if your centre-backs can chip in with some goals from set plays. Because they'll join us, you know, is he 6'6 six, six or something like that? You know, he's a really tall, athletic centre-back. So, you know, he, he should be a threat. There's no doubt about it. Uh, set plays. Um, but defensively, you know, I think that uh, I think uh, Ken's a wee bit harsh on Starfield for, for, for last season. I think uh, Carter Vickers and Starfield. Starfield started like like a lot of Celtic players initially. Um, you know, a little bit uncertain, and uh, you know, he's, he's, he was a little bit erratic, but really calmed down after I think the Europa League games, the initial uh, one, and then Celtic, uh, as I said, like like the vast vast majority of the players, second half of the season, I thought he was outstanding. Um, defensively he's not naturally left sided and I think that's maybe sometimes um, he, he looks a little bit uncomfortable coming out with the ball but from a defensive perspective I think the, the, that pairing was a superb pairing and uh, you know defensively very very sound uh, you know I think statistically um, they, they were excellent so I think that um, you know, yeah you want real competition whether it's Ben Davis whether it is Christopher Julian who knows as, as, as I mentioned earlier on Ken I feel that uh, if Christopher Julian is staying there then I think that would uh, be difficult to bring in another centre-back either way. But if he does bring in, whether it's Ben Davis or whether it's another centre-back, um, then I think Christopher Julian has to move on for his own career and, and his own ambitions rather than and sit and hope and keep his fingers crossed that uh, Ange Post- uh, Postacoglu changes his mind on him because I think at this moment in time, he certainly he's only, he was only on the bench a couple of times toward the end of the season and he declared himself fit and said that you know he was available but he just wasn't getting selected and I think that that really should send alarm bells to him if the manager doesn't doesn't include him Can I come back in Ken? Yeah you know, well I was going to say I mean I was happy I, mean, I don't think he wants to go I mean he's come out and said that he's happy to stay and fight for his place you know which I think is always good to hear I mean we don't know what's going on in the training ground we don't know the training uh, pitch how he's doing so we can't can't judge on that I, mean, I just think that for me it would be a, a better a, a better choice Nothing, you know Starfelt he is prone to, do, to, to, to mistakes even towards the end of the season there was some missed passes he was doing and you know he did have the best defensive record in the league last season but I still think I would still prefer him Julian in the back with, with Carter Vickers and Starfield. I think even Van Dyke makes mistakes, uh, Ken. You know, I mean, you're not going to get the perfect player. And I think, as I said, over the course, I think as, as a pairing, you know, you're not on your own as a defender. You're, you're part of a unit, whether it's a back four, a back three, whatever it happens to be. And as I said, as a, as a, as a unit, one Celtic, uh, you know, got the understanding of how uh, Ange Postecoglou wanted to play with, uh, with the full backs really high or inverted. Um, and they weren't they weren't caught out as often as they were in the early part of the season. And I think perhaps Christopher Julian isn't maybe the centre back that wants to go really high up the pitch and and, and press the game as uh, as Postecoglou wants to. Um, so maybe just doesn't suit his style, and that, and that can happen. It doesn't mean you're a bad player. It just means that that particular manager prefers another style of play. The arrows seem to be pointing towards the fact that Ange Postacoglu maybe doesn't favour Julian. As you said, he, he wasn't really getting on the bench towards the end of the season after he was fit. Is he quite a hard player to shift out? If you've spent a lot of money on him, £7 million, pounds, it'll be on big money. Mm-hmm. Clubs are then looking at his situation at Celtic and saying, well, we're maybe not going to go in and pay big money if, if you're not mm-hmm. even you know putting him on the bench. Then it's going to be hard maybe to, to recoup 
Yeah, I mean, listen, clubs and, and agents and, uh, you know, recruitment, uh, you know, um, staff all, all around Europe, they're looking for players. Normally, you know, a, a centre-back, an athletic centre-back who's decent in the ball and, as Ken said, who can contribute in both boxes would be in high demand. But they're also going to play a little bit of the game. They'll know that Celtic, the longer Celtic have him, the more expensive he's, he's cost them. Then, you know, there's, there's a, lot, a little bit of, you know, poker getting played here, football poker, where they maybe just be holding off to say, right, wh- how can we get him and when can we get him at the cheapest? And, and obviously from, from um, Christopher Julian's point of view, I'm sure his representatives are, are, are at the club and saying, right, OK, well, he's got a year to go. What what are you offering us to to leave? Because he's not going to walk out the door, um, you know, unless he's 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 either going to a, a similar sort of deal with a with a with a, a decent club, or as I said, he's he's well looked after from Celtic. So either way, yeah, Celtic are not going to recoup anywhere near, if anything, um, you know, close to the the seven million pounds they paid from. Well, thank you to Ken oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. There's a bit of news that's just popped up my Twitter feed there that's interesting Mark Warburton obviously left QPR mm-hmm. in the summer he's got a new job but as part of West Ham's coaching staff right. he's David Moyes assistant at West Ham you were a manager mm-hmm. that, that then went into sort of a assistant and mm-hmm. backroom coaching it's a, an interesting move for him yeah it's uh, very interesting I mean I know obviously you know initially Brentford and you know worked with their model um, you know the kind of money ball model all this kind of stuff um, so therefore, you know, he's, he's got great credentials as a coaching and maybe Mark might be better suited to doing coaching like, you know, and just takes that profile away because he has got a very, very good um, reputation as a coach, you know, but the managerial side over the last couple of jobs anyway uh, has been quite tough for him, quite high demanding. So sometimes it's an ideal situation just to get back and enjoy the, the, the side that just about everyone loves, which is on the training pitch with the player. Um, but you know I think uh, David he's, he's got a couple of, of coaches there as well so he's adding to his coaching staff and like any modern day football listen you know the coaching staff can sometimes almost outnumber the players at times but uh, for Mark I think it's a fantastic opportunity for him at a, a club who are on the rise Well let's get back to the real stuff the Scottish football 01419511025 if you've got any thoughts on this Chris Boyd speaking to Sky Sports today he says he doesn't think Rangers need to sell Alfredo Morelos this summer he thinks they've also got room to negotiate with clubs it's been every single transfer window since he's arrived that he's basically going to leave. And, um, you know, there will be a day that he does. But, um, you know, as I said, I think Rangers right now are in a good position. Um, you know, it's not a case where they have to sell. Um, there'll be... Um, there'll, there's, there's obviously room there to go and negotiate with teams and, and um, I've said it before every single player especially in Scotland have got a price tag and um, you know if somebody wants to meet that valuation then I'm sure Rangers will, will speak about it but as it stands right now he's a Rangers player and I'm sure he'll return back for pre-season uh, ready to go and uh, you know attack the Champions League qualifiers and um, you know the, the Scottish Premiership when it starts Chris Boyd there is talking as if Rangers hold all the cards in this scenario mm-hmm. when a player enters the final year of their contract do the mm-hmm. club hold all the cards? Absolutely not. Um, you know, you will listen. I've just seen it with Sadio Mane at Liverpool, and there's a club who, you know, European champions just uh, you know a short time ago get to the European final again this year, and uh, you know a fraction away from the league title again, and you know playing in the richest league in in world football, all these sort of things. But Mane, the year to go, so you know Liverpool had to say, well, let's either take what we think is uh, an acceptable offer just now, whether you want to believe in about the thirty-five million mark. Um, and, and allow him to move on and, 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 and go and get other players in, which they, they did do. Or you maybe keep a player who, 
can run down his contract. I, I said before, players are not said deliberately, but it can. It's just understandable that you know from from January, you know, um, they, they can sign pre-contracts, and then fans can turn against them. Players can maybe just drop off the pace a little bit, thinking I'm, I'm moving. Um, so yeah, I think that Rangers either have to get Alfredo Morelos in a longer term contract. Uh, or they have to sell him for me. You know, I don't. I don't think um, you, you allow that take a player to run his contract down because you just don't know what state of mind he'll be in after December. Uh, uh, yeah, Chris is right. If he can come in, and I th- I'm sure if he is coming back and he's fit after missing the, the the last part of the season with injury, and they can get into the Champions League group stages, that would be fantastic, and that might be an incentive for him to stay. But if, as I said, that doesn't happen uh, come December. Then you might end up in a player who's, you know, get his get his eye on somewhere else, and, and you've lost out on a potential, you know, ten plus million pounds. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Scott is a Rangers fan. Next up in Govan, Scott, what do you make of the situation? Hi guys, hope you're well. Um, well, I just think the Rangers should um, really tie him down. Um, Esther obviously putting. Golson time him down to another four years when we thought he was going to leave. So he was one of the top panels I looks now and I think they should put Morelos in that bracket with him. With I, I, th- I think Morelos is in that bracket, I'll be honest with you, Scott. Alfredo Morelos has signed two or three new contracts yeah. in his time. He's been at Rangers. And I think when you're talking about that top bracket of what players are earning at Rangers, I would very much expect that Alfredo Morelos is, is up there with Connor Goldson and James Tavernier. Yeah, I, I know that probably, yeah. But, um, Does that become a problem though, Jim? I'll let you back in, Scott. Does that become a problem though, Jim? Because if Alfredo Morelos has signed these new deals mm-hmm. continually, Rangers have, have obviously rewarded him for his good form. Mm-hmm. They now get to a point where he's one of the top earners. He'll be looking for even more mm-hmm. money. Every club will have a wage structure, and it's about mm-hmm. how how you negotiate that, how you get round it, and how you deal with it. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you know, you can't give everybody, you know, the, the top money. That's just the way football is, you know, because it's just it's just not affordable. Just, uh, you know, doesn't make sense. Um, but someone like Alfredo Vrelis may may well look. And again, this is you know, this all come from his representatives, and they'll be saying, look, he's been the top goal scorer. He's your all time European top goal scorer. You know, you you you, you know, you, you understand what happens when he doesn't play. Um, you know, all these kind of things, and they, they might think, well, we think he's he's his values every bit, if not more than say Connor Golson. So they they could look at that, and then Rangers may well put you know some sort of cap on the salary, but give him a very very healthy. Say it's a three year four contract. But with a, a you know a, a you know a, a fee uh, already pre-arranged on his on his contract, so therefore if it's twenty five million or whatever it happens to be, then um, that that's a trigger. You know, it's a trigger on the contract, which the vast vast majority of players in Europe have these days. Some of them are ridiculous, one hundred and fifty, two hundred million, whatever it happens to be. But whatever the fee is, um, and if they give them a bit less, then that fee might be a bit less. So if Alfredo Morales says, okay, I, I, I want whatever. Um, but I'm not getting it. Then I'm not. You're not going to. I'm not going to sign that trigger clause at 25 million. I'm going to sign it at 15 or whatever. So there are ways to negotiate. But um, you know, as, as Scott was saying there, um, get him. You either have to tie him down to a, a long-term contract, which gives Rangers control of the situation, or you actively try and sell him this summer. Scott, the situation's obviously up in the air at the moment, but when you look at the Connor Goldson situation, his contract was running down. I don't think many people expected him to be staying at Rangers. Does that maybe give you a bit of confidence that even if Alfredo Morelos doesn't sign a new contract this summer and if Rangers hold on to him, that, that he could extend his stay at the club at some point? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a whole of the points there. I mean, he is a, a European 
record holders just now gives you a lot, a lot of strikers don't give you. He holds up the ball and things like that. And he looks, until his injury, he looks really happy playing under zero. So I hope he does stay. Um, I hope they don't just take the money um, when it comes in and keep some, try and keep him for me another year anyway. That's what I think anyway. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, it's an interesting situation for him because it's obviously his first proper transfer window mm-hmm. that he's got as Rangers manager. When you've got three big players in Alfredo Morelos, Ryan Kent, Joe Aribo, all in the final year of their contract, you're probably going to have to stick or twist with them all mm-hmm. at some point. It can be sort of twisted two ways. It can be looked at that, you know, potentially he could, he could lose these three key assets or you could spin it and say, well, you know what, these are three guys that, that he didn't sign. He may be able to get money for them and then spend that money on players that you know maybe more fit his style if if he feels that there are players out there that he can mould into the team into their image yeah. I think you could sacrifice one Andrew but not all three mm-hmm. I think that the two I mean the, all three players are you know absolutely outstanding players um, you know and, and players I think that would be in demand um, but you know I think you might you could sacrifice one but again that's down to different departments and, and, and Giovanni Van Brockers will know that you know he he again he'll have discussed this with the board and say listen these are the guys I want to keep these are the guys I want to build the club around, and these are the other guys I want to bring in and then that's left to the, the recruitment side now so they've already signed Alan McGregor the new contract Connor Gold's the new contract you know, there's obviously been a few players went back. Stephen Davis um, and Scott Arfield both signed So I think that you, you would look to try and tie up the players who you feel can, you know, contribute this season. Uh, and all of those players you mentioned would definitely be high on the list. But as I say, but also they have maybe uh, uh, other ambitions possibly that they might think, well, we want to try and either let the contract down or we think it's better for everyone if we move but I don't think uh, the Rangers fans would be very happy at all if one went but if any more than that went I think they'd be they'd they'd be quite rightfully um, you know uh, upset about that because they're three terrific players and entertaining players and guys that score goals and creative players and and these players are very very difficult if you imagine if you okay let's, let's call it you had to give them an extra five grand a week or ten grand a week you know so you know that that's a fair amount of money I understand that but try and replace them that's what I would say how much is that going to cost you well thank you to Scott 01419511025 give us a call now and you could be up next 01419511025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy here with me Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 on the phones we'll speak to Paul who's waiting on the line in a second just something I want to touch on now Scotland's women are taking on Ukraine in World Cup qualifying tonight that game's actually taking place in Poland obviously due to Russia's Invasion of Ukraine But a win or a draw For Scotland will all but secure A playoff spot In their World Cup qualifying group Spain the runaway winners And and leaders Mm -hmm. of that group Haven't drawn or lost a game And have won matches By a big big scoreline So a second place finish Would be good for them We learned when the Scottish Men's national team Played against Ukraine Mm -hmm. There was a lot of talk In the build up to it About you know Would Ukraine be distracted By the ongoing situation mm-hmm. that certainly wasn't the case for the men's team and I think the, the women's side are we thinking exactly the same now yeah I mean of course I mean it's, it's always a difficult one particularly when it's Ukraine because you know of course the world's sympathy is and quite rightfully so is with Ukraine 
But um, you know the Scottish, um, you know, women t- team. They have to focus and, and and really focus on the job in hand. Uh, you know, a draw is always a difficult one now because sometimes psychologically you end up just kind of sitting back a little bit and inviting the opposition. Uh, and it's hard to sometimes say, right, okay, let's go and win it if you don't, you know, 100% need to win. But uh, I think it would uh, it would give everyone a, a boost uh, if we can manage to uh, get into the playoffs. And there's still another, of course, uh, another opportunity to get to, to, to do that. But uh, yeah, I mean, let, let's um, keep our fingers crossed that they can do better than the men. Yeah, good luck to Pedro Martinez Losa's side tonight. Let's go back to the phones. 01419511025. Paul is a Celtic fan in Thornwood. Paul, what's your mind? What's on your mind tonight? Hi guys, uh, evening. Um, just a, a quick point about Jota. Um, I just feel it's kind of rumbling on a bit too long now as a as a Celtic fan, um, and I've got kind of visions of McGinn, what happened with him and. Just it was a good capture we should have had, and I just think it, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes and how it's working out. But I think if the we really want this guy, we should just do what we need to do to get him. I think he's proved in the season that even after injury, he's been a great player for us. Um, some great assists, and he, he just looks like a a good player all round for the future for Celtic. The way that Ange is playing the style, so it's just your thoughts, guys, just to see. You know, should it be tied up by now? Is that you think there's something behind the scenes? Then, like you say, like McGinn. A great opportunity, and I think it will pass us by. And I'm starting to feel now that we won't get Jota. Yeah, well, so much goes into completing a transfer, Jim. Mm. I suppose Celtic have done well in the fact that they negotiated the fee last mm. summer for six and a half million. I know there's there's other things when it gets to this summer that Benfica can turn around and say, well, we'd like X percentage of mm. a sell-on clause on, on this player, and there could well be negotiations. But it's quite hard to tell exactly what's what's going on behind the scenes at the moment. It could all be wrapped up and, mm. and ready to go. Jota just needs to land in the country, and and mm. that's it. It needs one signature, and we're we're sorted and all signed. But it could be a case of, of negotiations behind the scenes. We're not really sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, Paul is obviously concerned and refers back to to John McGinn, and and that's that's always one that will stick in the throat of the, the Celtic fans. But uh, you know, I think since Ange Postecoglou has been involved in uh, in the recruitment, you know, there doesn't seem to have been everything seems to have went relatively smoothly when it's coming to players. But yeah, but Joe, it's it's not straightforward, Paul. You know, I mean, there are so many. Um, variables when it comes to uh, you know a, 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 a European transfer you know yeah we think Celtic's already pre-agreed uh, a fee um, uh, prior to the loan which is good but obviously as Andrew said there could be percentages the player might want as we said before um, a trigger um, clause in his contract that uh, you know if a certain fee's agreed um, you know there could be percentages sometimes the player gets a percentage of a transfer fee the agent wants something you know the the, 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 the parent club wants something you know the, the, there's so many so many variables as I said uh, and these things sometimes do drag out um, but as I mentioned earlier on in the programme a lot of bit surprised there hasn't been a number of clubs uh, rattling the door of Benfica to say look we'll, we'll, we'll take a punt on this boy because you're right he was he was terrific uh, I think he really endeared himself to Celtic fans not just in his creativity and in his, the way he was really dynamic and positive but I, I personally seen a number of games and I was really surprised the amount of work he'd done back the pitch he was you know he wasn't wasn't shy you know for a for a wide flair player to get to, to backtrack and I think that was he, he bought into the manager's philosophy on that so yeah all round uh, a terrific player um, but yeah just fans desperate to get this over the line and, and I agree it has dragged on a little bit but um, you know, listen. You know they haven't started back pre-season yet, so um, I think the you know by another few days, and I think it will be resolved, and and hopefully 
um, he's wearing a green and white uh, jersey next season but it's a, it's a Celtic one and no other team <laughs> The positive thing for Celtic is that with no Champions League qualifiers mm. and the fact that they don't need to enter the Premier Sports Cup group stage mm. either I think their first competitive game of the season is then at the end of July yeah, so yeah. Celtic look to be getting their business done early anyway mm. Cameron Carter-Vickers is in the door Segrist is in the mm. door it looks as if Alexandro Bernabe is mm. going to be signing yeah. the Jota deal looks as if it's edging closer it'll be good that for Celtic that they've they've got the, the players mm. in the door early but also that they'll have them in for pre-season and have quite a long time when they go away in their pre-season training camp and have a, a full squad together or, yeah. or close to a full squad together anyway Yeah but you, you also you, you don't have to sell Celtic to, to, to Jota with the other clubs the other players you might have had to sell a little bit and I know Benjamin Seager says that Ange Postecoglou called and spoke to him and so on and you might have that with other players from other uh, countries and stuff like that because they may be not, not as aware of uh, one how the manager sees him fitting into the squad or how the style of play and all these sort of things um, but Jota is, is fully aware of all that so you know this is just a this is just a financial um, situation that has to be uh, taken care of as I said and listen the legal side of this is, 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 is you, you, you really have to be up to speed with this nowadays and uh, as I said these type of things uh, the amount of money involved um, can take a little bit longer than just a straightforward contract so um, hopefully it will be done um, I still think Celtic are in pole position a very strong position uh, and I, I would be surprised if it doesn't go through but as um, Paul said you know it, it has happened in the past so I think Celtic fans uh, you know, would be di- bitterly disappointed if it, if it happened again Paul alongside the Jota deal what else are you hoping Ange Postacoglu will do this summer? Well I think it's just uh, it's, it's just Really, I think as a Celtic fan, exciting to see what what he's going to do. Um, I mean, this guy, like we said, he has a a backing behind him. You know, okay, he was overseas for a while. When when he first came in, myself, I was like, you know, who is this guy? Do a bit of research, but I think he's shown over the last season what type of manager he is, what ambition he has for the club and himself and his players, and just driving that focus and that positivity. And you know, like like the big man says, they don't stop; they go for it. And that's something I think he needs to get the ground running. He's got the backup now. He's in preparing for Champions League, which he never had last year for um, we were going into um, the Europa competition. So I'm just really excited to see what he comes up with. He's got some great captures already. So it's a case of carrying on. And, and you know, I think there's a lot to come this season. And I just, I mean, I'm looking forward to Christmas already. I know it's a long way away, but just to be hopefully in that group stage past that I think if anyone can get us there it will be Ange Postecoglou and the team that he's building so very excited very excited the clarity will be a big thing for Ange Postecoglou knowing exactly what competitions he's buying a quality of player for he knows it's the Champions League group stages there's no gamble in that well we we may or may not be in there and the fact you've got just a longer time in in pre-season to build that'll be really good as as a manager for him to be able to to just have that clarity in his head this pre-season yeah but the, the, the unknowns taken away for Celtic fans as, as Paul was saying there no one knew about Ange Postecoglou no one knew what kind of style yeah you can research a little bit and get a bit of background but really until you see the team out in the pitch the players as well bringing guys in from Japan as I say Gianni Marcus in from Holland obviously Greece and, and, and stuff and, 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 and you know the, the, the way they want to play Starfield and Vicarsler Vickers etc Juranovic Abad all these kind of players all coming in everybody's kind of like oh where did all these players come from no one knew they weren't household names but they became household names very very quickly and as I said and particularly you know once the, he got his stamp, stamped his authority on the team and his personality and his philosophy then you know they, they really went an upward trajectory and, 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 and didn't stop until the, the league championship was, was won so you know 
I think Europe will be his test this year, uh, you know, and I think that's was going to be his, his early judgment call. But like uh, a lot of the Celtic fans that Paul said there, I think the the the, the one word they'll all be using this year before the ball's kicked will be exciting. Well, thank you to Paul. Thank you to Jim in the studio. Thank you for listening at home and for all your calls and tweets. Of course, good luck to Pedro Martinez Losa Scotland women's side tonight when they take on Ukraine. I'll be back on Monday night with Hugh Keevan. Hugh Keevan, sorry. And what a way to kick off your weekend. It's the GBX up next. 